0: This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is some water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Hey, good morning. Thank you guys for being here and watching this. I hope that the words that are spoken today are words that you need to hear. What was celebrated yesterday is one of my favorite things, the independence of this great nation. A huge accomplishment celebrated with what I think is one of the best things ever, fireworks. Every year I go out and I see a fireworks show and I'm in complete awe. It's one of my favorite things. I think it's so beautiful. The lights, the sound, the patriotism, get the chills every time. And sometimes, if the show's good enough, watery eyes. I expressed one time to an older lady how I'm just in love with fireworks. And she brought me this powerful insight. Of course, she got real deep real soon. She goes, Ozzy, you're not wrong, but there's something that trumps that. All of my years on this earth, the most beautiful thing I have ever witnessed, the most beautiful thing that there is is when somebody goes from being a non-believer to a believer, seeing them in the waters with a brother by their side, asking them for a declaration, being submerged and brought back up. The sounds that the water makes, the confession that is made, that's the most beautiful thing that memory of somebody doing that is far better than any other memory we can have. Seeing a brother and sister come and stand with you. At first I thought, too deep, too soon. I'm trying to enjoy some fireworks. But then I started to think about the memories that I hold dear to my heart, the memories that I hold with high regard. Memories like when I go home for the first time in a long time and my niece sees me, doesn't know I'm coming, and she says, Ozzy. She says that with a surprise and tender and happy voice. And then she hugs me for what seems like four minutes. That's a favorite memory. Or the memory that I have with my nephew, who would sit with me as we watch TV, and he'd share his lucky charms with me. And he'd give me the boring parts when mom isn't watching, and he'll eat the marshmallows, the better part. Or when I, get a, when I got a text message from my sister, who had stopped going to church, asking me to interpret a part of scripture. And then later on, a couple of weeks fast forward, get a text message saying, hey, I went to church today. It's been a while. I felt something special. That's a great memory. Or my father, who for the past 16 years has been sober and has been a baptized Christian. Those memories are great. And just like my father, the memory of having somebody go into the waters and becoming a new man, that's the best. Those beautiful moments in my eyes and in my heart, you might have smiled with me as I shared them. They're beautiful, particularly the last two memories of souls coming to Christ. My sister, who went from believing in his holiness, not caring for him at some point, and feeling a disconnect, to truly embracing his word and his beauty. And my dad, who went from someone who did not care for any God, never felt like he was part of a greater family, and much less felt like he was part of his own, who laughed at others who gave in to the scam, as he liked to say, Going into somebody that's realizing maybe this isn't the path for me, but I'm too far gone. I'm not deserving of any change. I'll just leave. Who was turned down by other Christians because he was too far gone. Going to somebody who realized the pain and danger he was causing himself and his family, and then finally going to fully taking on God and knowing that there's nothing that can stand in his way and that his grace is sufficient and taking God with open arms and walking alongside with him, first in baptism, and now 16 years later. I want you to think about your favorite memories, the memories that you think are just beautiful in your life. Would you agree with me and this lady that whatever you think are the greatest memories in your life, the memories of somebody being in the water and coming in you is better. The stories of people who went from feeling undeserving and insufficient and worthless, a burden, to understanding and embracing the fact that they are a child of God and that they can put themselves in the arms of God that have always been extended to them. I think of Peter. Peter failed God in a very big way. He denied him three times. Peter regretted heavily that he did this because he had just told Jesus that he would stand by Jesus' side no matter the cost, no matter the situation. But when the time came and he felt uncomfortable and was embarrassed, he put God aside and denied him. And we read that Peter recognized his mistake because he cried with a great emotion. In Peter's eyes, he would never be able to fully recover from this failure like he had been able to recover in the past. But Jesus gave Peter the opportunity to redeem himself not just the one time, but three different times, to help Peter understand that those three bad moments that he had, the moments he thought were the most possible, the most worst moments in his life, he wanted him to understand that God doesn't care about those failures. What God does care about is you making it back and understanding that you are his, that you are no less in God's eyes because of your failures but you are still worth every single thing that God says you're worth. We understand through the dialogue that God cares for the relationships that he holds with us, and he simply wants our declaration of our love and to fully embrace him. Isn't that a beautiful story? Someone who went from being a fisherman to being all in for Christ to feeling abandoned and dissolution and failure, the greatest failure of all time, but then being fully restored by the grace of God by simply answering the question, do you love me? I asked Preston to read the section of the Ethiopian eunuch. And that displays to me a truly amazing part of somebody's life. The part when somebody asks the question, what is stopping me from being baptized? What is stopping me from fully being immersed in the promise of God? That to me is only the second part of this beautiful story. The story of a foreigner who for the majority of his life was never really allowed to fully know God. Now I say allowed, but he thought he wasn't allowed. Background with this eunuch, he was more than likely a wealthy man, a well-educated man, a handsome man, a trustworthy man. He had the wealth, right? He had the papyrus to be reading out of Isaiah. He had the chariot. He had the driver to be driving along for Philip to be chasing him down as he was being read. He also maybe had somebody to read out loud to him. What else more could this man want? He had it all. But God knew whose he was, and God knew whose he wanted to be. And he fully wanted to be with God. He fully wanted to connect with God, to truly worship him, just like the Jews were able to do in the temple. We read in the story that the eunuch was reading out of Isaiah 53, which was reading, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and his lamb before the shearer is silent so he did not open his mouth in his humiliation he was deprived of justice who can speak of his ascendance? for his life was taken from this earth now the eunuch was trying to figure out who this person that was suffering was was it the author was it another servant was it somebody just trying to do the right thing that maybe had some physical limitations You see, I think the eunuch subconsciously was relating to the words that was being read, but he was too afraid that he could actually relate to something that was being rejected to him by others. Isaiah is a perfect part, a perfect literature for a eunuch to be reading, because in Isaiah 56, we read that there's a promise, that there's hope for a eunuch or for a foreigner, for somebody with a physical limitation, the limitation that was set and Deuteronomy, you see, God knew exactly whose he was, and it is beautiful. The eunuch wanted to fully worship. The eunuch wanted to be as close as possible to the Lord. But because of his physical state, he knew that he would never be able to really worship in the same depths that the Jews were able to do. He knew where his heart was, but he felt like he was nowhere else to be but at arm's length from the Lord because of his imperfectness. The eunuch wanted to be a servant that would be raised and lifted up and highly exalted but could not really do that because of his limitations. The limitations set by Israel. You see, the eunuch went to Jerusalem to worship but he really couldn't go in to worship because of his physical limitations. And because of that, he knew that he could never really know God. And that's the beauty of this story that this eunuch who wanted to serve God fully with no false hope, he was taught the truth. And Philip let him know that the one that was being deprived of this justice was the one that was going to come and fulfill this mission, the sheep that was going to be slaughtered. This eunuch was given the good news that is the gospel. And that is when the eunuch fully got it. That is when he was able to take back and say, oh, wait, Philip, you're telling me that nothing can truly keep me from God, that God has promised and that God has fulfilled. And because of this, I can go and be baptized, and I can no longer have him at arm's length, but I can truly take him in. I can truly embrace my God and his word. I can do that. There's no limitation for me. That's the hope, and that's the beauty. You see, God knew whose he truly was. And it was just a matter of time for the eunuch to realize it. All it took was for someone to teach it to him and to walk alongside with him until he fully got it. Are we doing what Philip did? Are we reaching out to those around us to help them know whose they are? To confirm if they are questioning whose they are? To those that feel like they are too far gone, that there is no hope for them, to those that feel like they have messed up or have doomed their lives to no restoration? Are we acknowledging the good news and are we teaching that and proclaiming that? Do we understand that the good news belongs to everyone, even to those that are so broken, to those that can only dream about being part of something so great like God's kingdom, but have have not the ability to understand of his grace and mercy? Are we recognizing that Jesus came to this earth to show everyone whose they are. Not just to some. He came for those that are marginalized, came to those that are the outcast, to the ones that were embarrassing to the public, the one with many husbands, to the one that was a sinner, to the one that was the outcast, to the one with much sin, to the one with much burden, which Jesus called daughter, not woman, not sinner, not outcast, not failure, not disappointment, not disgrace, but daughter. See, unfortunately, we have followers of Christ that remain in that dark, in that dark room because no one is reaching out to them to help them. Nobody is helping them take their heart and be willing to recognize that the past is the past. Making the heart clean is the important part to truly take anew. God knows the heart, and we should be able to recognize that we are truly God's and that we have the good news and that that good news was fulfilled. We should share that with everyone. How are people going to recognize that? How are people going to recognize that they are deserving if we as Christians never share that? Think of the Samaritan at the well. She went out to get water in the middle of the day in the dead heat so that she would get in nobody's way because she knew her failure. She knew where she was in society. But Jesus met with her and started this dialogue with this stranger, with this disgraceful woman. And he started to talk to her about this water that would make people never thirst again. Jesus didn't care about her past. Jesus did want her to reflect about her past. But most importantly, Jesus wanted her to recognize who she was. And who, who she could be. Reading out of John 4 1 2, 26 if you'd like, but I'm going to paraphrase this. Jesus was speaking to this woman, like I said a while ago, they started that dialogue and he got to the point where he was talking about this water for this, from this well, this water that will make anybody never thirst again. This woman is a smart woman, so she's recognizing what this man is making the analogy for, and he says, okay, mister, please, Give me the access that you have to this living water. Give me the access to what you're talking about because I'm tired of the state that I'm in. I'm tired of being nobody. I'm tired of not being part of a group. I'm tired of having to suffer for what I've done. And Jesus wants her to remember. So he says, hey, bring your husband so that we can talk about this together. Even though he knew that she had been married five times before and that she was in a relationship outside of marriage. So this woman speaks this truth and says, Hey, I have a messed up life. But let me ask you this, sir. We used to be able to worship on this mountain freely. But now you Jews are claiming that the only place where I'm allowed to worship is the place that I'm not even welcomed in. What is that? Do I really belong? Can I really worship? And Jesus says you know you're right that's the case now but hey here's this promise that will be delivered see Jesus gave her this hope that she needed the words that made her feel back in place and part of something these two stories the eunuch the Samaritan woman the eunuch's time was now the eunuch was told about this promise that was fulfilled which is the good news, and his time was now. He was able to look back and say, Oh, God, thank you. I can finally be fully with you. And for this woman, the time was to come to where she can look forward and say, There's hope. I'm not too far gone. She was given enough hope that she was able to go back into this place that she was an outcast from and tell everybody that great news. 2 corinthians 12 9 we are encouraged with these words saying my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness this message this message is for all of us this message is never to be disregarded this message is never to be ignored this message is never to be taken away from certain people or hidden from certain people it's for all The stories of people coming to his altar kneeled, asking for forgiveness and coming up and walking a new life is beautiful. But unfortunately, we have folks that still have the stories when when they just choose not to follow God. They choose not to walk down this road that leads them to eternity. They choose to have those moments when they lose the little hope they had left because they didn't see his grace, because nobody was showing him his grace nobody was telling them his grace is sufficient for whatever you have in your life I've thought about the life that could have been for my family and it hurts me it breaks my heart to know that there are people in this world that there are neighbors whose father couldn't put down the bottles because it wasn't shown that grace because was not given the proper time that it takes to fully recognize that they're broken And that they are in a bad place but that there's hope hurts my heart to know that we have neighbors that have lost faith for restoration in their lives because they have been shown the wrong part of christianity the christianity that's more like a country club that requires an exclusive lifestyle that should not be the case everybody is welcomed through those front doors Nobody should be ashamed feeling walking through the back doors. We should never look at somebody and say, ah, sorry, you're too broken for us to even start with. Or for somebody to be looked at and say, this isn't for you, sorry. The most beautiful story is when somebody accepts God as their Lord and Savior, the one that came to this earth for the remission of our sins. Again, that most heartbreaking story is the one when somebody is discouraged by a Christ follower. That shouldn't be the case. Nobody should stop and decide that they can't be a follower of Christ because their shame is too big or their their failure is too big. No, His grace is bigger. His mercy is beautiful. Nothing that you do is too big for God to say, I am here. What I wanted to share this morning is that the most beautiful thing that we can ever witness is someone taking on Christ in confession and in baptism. Brothers, sisters, everyone is worthy, no matter their walk in life. Everyone is able to turn to God and embrace Him with open arms and say, it's been too long. No matter how ugly, no matter how broken, no matter how long, no matter the wait, it's never, it's never a bad idea. It's never a bad time. Let's rejoice with our neighbors as they make an effort to really change their hearts. Let's be joyful that God is there. Better yet, he's there in the driveway waiting for your return, Waiting for your arrival, waiting for you to stumble across this road that will lead you to eternity. So, as brothers and sisters in Christ, let's stand there in the driveway with our God, with our Father, waiting for our new brothers and sisters to come into this road, or waiting for our now brothers and sisters that are lost to find that road. Let's rejoice with them. Let's not be like the brother of the prodigal son who was upset because someone who had chosen to live a reckless life now decides to come back and fully take of this kingdom. Let's not question their motives. Let's not question their timings. Let's not talk about their past as if it's too much for them to fully walk this road with Christ. Let's rejoice. Let's party together. Let's not be upset. Let's not put some limitations because we've chosen to live our life as Christians all of our lives. Let's not just ignore the fact that we're also sinners. Let's not just ignore that we have hiccups. Let's not turn the other eye whenever somebody that we love messes up and say, hey, it's okay, you can still worship with us when we're still shutting the door to somebody that is too broken and is not afraid to show that brokenness. If you're the brother or sister that is heavy-hearted, thinking that you have gone too far from where you came from, there's no path too, too, too far for you to come back. We encourage you to reach out because you're not too far gone. You are worth his grace. You are worth his love. Just like we are, just like I am, a sinner, a broken person, I know that I am worth it. And I pray that you recognize that too. We are right here with you. Broken, full of sin, full of imperfectness, but full with his grace.